Translation by His Divine Grace, Lady Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. As soon as irrevocable loving service is established in the heart, the effects of nature's modes of passion and ignorance, such as lust, desire, and hankering, disappear from the heart. Then the devotee is established in goodness and he becomes completely happy. Report by Srila Prabhupada. A living being in his normal constitutional position is fully satisfied in spiritual bliss. This is the state of existence called Brahma Bhuta or Atma Nandi or the state of self-satisfaction. This self-satisfaction is not like the satisfaction of the inactive fool. The inactive fool is in a state of foolish ignorance, whereas the self-satisfied Atma Anandi is transcendental to the material state of existence. The stage of perfection is attained. As soon as one is fixed, in irrevocable devotional service. Devotional service is not inactivity, but the activity of the, the unalloyed activity of the soul. The soul's activity becomes adulterated in contact with matter, and as such, the diseased activities are expressed in the form of lust, desire, hankering inactivity, foolishness, and sleep. The effect of devotional service becomes manifest by complete elimination of these effects of passion and ignorance. The devotee is fixed at once in the mode of goodness, and he makes further progress to rise to the position of Vasudeva. or the state of Anmik Sattva or Sudha Sattva. Only in this Sudha Sattva state can one always see Krishna eye to eye, but by dint of pure affection for the Lord. The devotee is always in the mode of unalloyed goodness, therefore he Therefore, the body harms no one. But the non-devotee, however, however educated he may be, is always harmful. And the body is neither foolish nor passionate. The harmful, foolish, and passionate cannot be devotees of the Lord. However, they may advertise themselves as devotees out by outward dress. And the body is always qualified. with all the good qualities of God, quantitatively and qualitatively. And, uh, but qualitatively, a devotee is always qualified with all the good qualities of God. Quantitatively, such qualifications may be different, but qualitatively, both the Lord and His devotee are one and the same. 
Bhaktivedanta Swami translation purport to Canto 1, Chapter 2, Text 19 in Divinity and Divine Service. So in the previous verse, Banu Maharaj read, the regular attending of the Bhagavatam class and serving the pure devotees, all that's troublesome in the heart is completely destroyed and when doing service under the Bhagavad, then the uh, all the things that troublesome in the heart is removed. Loving service is established as a remarkable fact. The next day up here I mentioned that one is busy meditating on how to make arrangements for one family. So here we see how service to the book Bhagavad and service to the devotee Bhagavad clears away all that's uh, inauspicious from the heart and then it says bhakti becomes irrevocably fixed in the heart when that happens. Next step is that passion ignorance is uh, the effects of it uh, like lust, desire, hankering and disappear from the heart and then you become situated in goodness Especially for us. When Srila Prabhupada was in the harbor off from America and he prayed to Krishna and his Markana Bhagavata Dharma, how he's going to spread Krishna consciousness to this sinful place. America to this Ugra place. Then he remembered these verses. But by hearing the Bhagavad, all the Avadresu, all the inauspicious things are cleared from the heart. How when that happens, one's purified. Passion, ignorance, effects, situated in pure goodness. So then, in Prabhupada, five, six verses he quoted here in his uh, prayer to Krishna. This is my formula, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to engage people in hearing and chanting the glories of Krishna and serving the Bhagavad. Follow this process and by your mercy of the Bhagavad, your mercy is going to work and then going to become purified. So we find that this works. It doesn't only work in America, it works in Europe, it works in Malaysia, it works in Africa, it works in Australia, it works everywhere. 
Pakistan, Russia. It's a universal process. It's not a material process. It's not dependent on nationality, race, religion. It works on anyone. Just like fire. Fireworks. Totally non-sectarian. Will burn anybody. Doesn't matter what political party they belong to, what country, what religion. So this holy name and this uh, Bhagwat Seva has a transcendental effect for everyone. The only problem is how to get people to try it. So you have the, the medicine that can save everybody from this disease. It's like one of our devotees got dengue uh, fever recently, dengue fever. And some of the dengue fever is actually very dangerous. Like that, this in the world today, malaria has come back again, dengue. Then there's also AIDS, of course, is increasing. What if you had the cure? Would you want to give it out to everyone? Of course, some big pharmaceutical companies want to put a patent on it and make a lot of money. <coughs> want to see everybody get the cure. But everybody's dying. Death is a permanent disease that everybody has in this world. And we have the cure for it. So we're trying to convince people to take the cure. When you get people to say, so well, let me enjoy life and then when I die, then I'll worry about that. So many different kinds, so much ignorance is there. So even somehow, even by accident, if somebody hears the Bhagavad they also get blessed. In Chennai, there was one a life uh, member. He came to see me, and his uh, wife and his aspiring uh, disciple, sheltered disciple, and uh, he once said, you know, Guru Maharaj, I just want to tell you that actually I'm really a fallen person. You see, I'm a businessman. And I used to always uh, I go, I used to always go to Hong Kong, Singapore, Tokyo. And I'd always, uh, whenever I go, I, I smoke, I drink. I'm a vegetarian though, but I do all these things and uh, I regularly go, so I thought this is the modern way, I have to be very modern for all these things. My wife, she's very religious, so I drive her to the temple sometimes. She'd regularly come. I would sit out in the car and smoke while she's taking darshan. Sometimes I'd come in, also have a darshan. Sometimes I'd sit in here in the class. I thought this is not for me, it's okay, my wife wants to do it, I heard do it. I'll do it later, it's not my time yet. So many, whatever. But then, he had bhakti-riksha meetings in the house. 
And every month by rotation they would come into their house and sometimes he would attend the Bhakti Viksha meeting just like sitting on the side like a host. But because the discussion is very interactive and very uh, informal, so it's very easy to participate and listen. So he started to participate in that discussion. So after some few times of doing this, one day they were talking about how intoxication is uh, putting the influence of ignorance in our consciousness and how this intoxication is an obstacle in spiritual life. So then he said, well, if we take the coffee and tea, is that also a problem? So then the devotee told him, well, this type of stimulants are not good, better to just uh, take the energy from the holy name. So then I was thinking, better not talk about my whiskey. <laughs> coffee and tea. It's <laughs> They're asking about whiskey. He said, somehow, now I just want to tell you, uh, Maharaj, that now I'm chanting eight rounds of japa and I give it up intoxication. And I aspire in the future that also I can be initiated. But how this happened to me, I can't tell you. I don't understand it. <laughs> Somehow I had been very, very happy. The devotees become very happy once they are Krishna conscious. But the materialists, they can't figure out why devotees are happy. They don't do any things that make them happy. And their idea of happiness is different kinds of sense gratification. Most of the things that give them more happiness are in the mode of ignorance and passion, which we don't do much. So then they, they, they can't figure out how is it that the devotees are happy. So they think, if I had to give up all these things, I'd never be happy. Therefore, I won't chant. So it's not even good to sometimes inform people in the beginning about all the rules. So just get them to chant and hear. By any means, get people to chant, get them attached to Krishna. Once they're attached to Krishna, then you can introduce the rules and regulations. Because then they're already starting to get a taste. So they can keep the taste, they maintain it, and they need to know that they have to give up these tamasic things. So regularly attending Bhagavatam classes, it has a miraculous effect. And then here, this is the next stage. Performing devotional service. By hearing Bhagavatam for a while, when somebody develops this, uh, this uh, fixed devotional service, when someone is in fixed devotional service, and while doing devotional service, there's a lust, anger, greed, all these material repos, they start to diminish from the heart. 
the mode of goodness becomes prominent. But there's always a fight going on in our consciousness between the different modes. And depending on our nature, on our previous karmas, on our purification, certain modes went out. And some people, they're just fixed in the mode of ignorance. Some are fixed in passion, some are fixed in the mixed. Some are very much into goodness. So as for spiritual life, it's better to be in goodness than the passion we From goodness you want to come to Sudha Sattva, pure goodness. So how these things leave the heart? want to pull it out from our heart, it's very difficult. So we cleanse it by performing this devotional service. Devotional service makes us happy. My, I know uh, my brother, when he was, when I was a new bhakta in the Montreal Temple, He's five years younger than me. He came to the temple in Montreal. And then after like five days, he said, I gotta go back. So why are you supposed to stay here two weeks? No, no, I gotta go back right away. So why I'm liking this too much? <laughs> feeling so happy. If I get attached to this, then how will I go back home? They're not vegetarian. There's no all these things there. I won't fit in. I have to go quick, quick before I get too... Uh... I said, wow, what a, you know, what a, the Mayans really got it. I couldn't convince him to stay, because he had all figured out that from his mental point of view, sensual point of view, it's uh, I'm not going to be happy. He's happy. He realizes he's happy chanting. Listen, that, but because so much identified with the body, he, he ran back. Sometimes when people start to chant Hare Krishna, they get frightened. They feel so happy. Oh, oh why? They don't know how to adjust. When one yogi in Mayapur, she was practicing Patanjali yoga system for two years in Pandicherry. Her guru passed away. She's from Switzerland. She came back to Mayapur. So she went actually to Calcutta. And when you land in the airport in Calcutta, any foreigner, they come up and say, Mayapur, Mayapur, all like taxi drivers. <laughs> so she, they said, they didn't know it's okay. It was Mayapur. <laughs> Like Krishna brought it right out to the Holy Nam. So I had some Swiss devotees, time, the European devotees, I talked to her. And uh, after, because she was already yogi, so they got her to do mantra meditation. At that time it was the month of Baisaka and we were doing the boat festival. After two, three days I talked to her. And even by three days she said, actually I never felt happier. 
In the whole two years I meditated, I didn't feel as much spiritual energy as I could But then she said, but then, how is it possible? It's too easy. You gotta work hard, you gotta struggle, you gotta suffer. It's too easy, you know, she had this thing in her brain that, you know, because all the Maya, the Maya bodies told her I gotta, it's very dry and suffering and the meditation. And how can you feel so happy so fast? So that put a doubt in her mind, it's too easy. So, so somehow, sometimes, this devotional service, you go like rocket. So quickly, that uh, people get frightened even. So much change. I was talking to one uh, daughter of a devotee. She was saying, well, what if you're chanting Hare Krishna? You don't have a taste. But you're forcing yourself to chant. Because you know it's your duty. Your parents want you to do it. But really, you want to enjoy your senses. I said, well, you are looking from which perspective? It seems to me you're looking from the mental platform. The lust is in the senses, the mind and intelligence. So we tend to look from the mental platform. We're identifying with the mind and the body. Just like some people say that I have a soul, rather that I am the soul. If we make the decision, this is what I want to do. I am the soul. I'm the boss here. I decide what I want to think. Can't, my mind doesn't cooperate always, as I got a rebellious mind. But I, what I want to think, I decide. What I want to do, I decide. Based on what's good for me. Not what's, what just my conditioning because of where I was born or what, what, uh, my, what influence my peers are having on me or, or anything. What I want to do, you see, my intelligence, I decide. If you decide, I want to be Krishna conscious. And then you act like that. Your mind doesn't cooperate in this and you tell your mind, why are you thinking of other things? But to get to that spiritual platform, to get out of the mental platform, is very difficult. If we regularly chant and hear, engage in devotional service, eventually, gradually, we do get fixed and we start to get happy, but because people are fixed in this mental platform, somehow how to inspire our children to want to chant Hare Krishna, right? not that your parents, not somebody's forcing or this, but they actually want to do, they're inspired. They want to be devotees, they want to taste this. So I asked one devotee recently, who said a similar thing, that, uh, why don't you, have you ever tasted the ecstasy of chanting Hare Krishna? It talks here about this happiness. When you chanted Hare Krishna, tears poured from your eyes and your hair stand on end as your voice got choked up, gug, 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 when you turned the holy name. Have you fainted in ecstasy, rolled in the ground in ecstasy, your hair stood all on end and you're chanting, Go!
popsicle happiness or the ice cream happiness. Why not the super ecstatic happiness, the love of Krishna? Why not try for that happiness? Why Lord Chaitanya has come and shown this loving symptoms, people can realize this happiness you can get. This is a much greater happiness than anything material. Even in the Bhagavatam it says that the happiness of love for Krishna is so great. But if you take the maximum happiness you can have in sense gratification of this planet, say you're the king of the earth, there's no more kings of earth than no, all they can be is the Secretary General of the United Nations. I don't think that's very blissful. All the wars were But uh, say you were the king of the emperor of the earth, you have all the sense gratification that earth had to offer in a religious way. That would be considered that your happiness for comparison's sake is equal to the numero one. Compared to that being a Gandharva, ten times more happiness. Gandharvas have more happiness, more fun and games, more good times than the early human beings. And then, I forget all the planets, as you know, Chanara, Kinnara, you know, so Siddha, so many planets are there. Each one is ten times more than the next. Then you get up to the Swarga, which is higher than all these other planets. By the way, it's the Vedas talk about so many different types of living entities in this universe. Higher than the human beings. Lower than the human beings. But we're not seeing them. They're there. So then we get up to Swargaloka. That's the Devas, they're ten times more, the residents of Swargaloka, ten times more than the other lower Upadevas and his other higher planets. But Indra, he's king of the Devas, he's like a hundred times more than the other Devas. That means king of the earth would probably have a hundred times more sense gratification than most people. But even here we just use it as one, that's his basic maximum. That's times ten, times ten, times ten, times ten, times ten, times a hundred is Indra. Indra is like you know, millions and billions of times more happiness, less problems. But it says that Brahma is a thousand times more happiness than Indra. So the happiness in Brahma look compared to the impersonal Brahman is not even a drop compared to the ocean. So all of the highest material happiness is not a drop compared to the ocean. Impersonal realization. And impersonal realization compared with Krishna Bhakti is not even said so that impression amount of water a calf's hoof can hold. A little cup, a shot glass, 
something like that, compared to the ocean of happiness of Krishna Bhakti. So we're willing to give up. You can't even put into the equation that we have many computer and math experts here. One drop compared to the ocean, what would be the equation for that? And then times one cup compared to the ocean. <coughs> I don't know if we have a computer big enough to calculate how much more happiness. We're giving up that happiness, right? For some tamasic, rajasic sense gratification, which is not even, it's not even equal to, it's mine, not even one, it's maybe point zero one happiness level. Why don't we try for this spiritual happiness? Proceed that the where we become completely satisfied. Next verse it says also, Prasanna Manasa. To be happy mentality. That's from happy to more happy to more happy. This happens quite quickly, that this uh, feeling happy in the Lord of Goodness. And from there it goes up higher and higher. When you get love of Krishna, it's, it's so much higher than anything. It's inconceivable. We're missing, we're giving that up, right? So we can party with our friends, so we can sit in one of these taverns and get drunk. Come on, man. what? People are giving up the valuable jewels for just pieces of garbage. Don't know what a great opportunity. Lord Chaitanya, that's why it says Lord Chaitanya is the more Mahabadanaya. Mahabadanaya. Super, super merciful. He's giving away. I mean, it's like, you know, you can't, he's giving away. We just calculate how much more valuable is Krishna Bhakti if you put into all the other happiness. People want to be happy, right? Why do people go to the Resort here to be happy. Why do they play golf? Why do they go upstairs? Why do they go? They're trying to be happy. They're trying to, but they're doing that charvanas, charvanana, chewing the chewed. They're just trying to squeeze the some happy out of these senses. Same senses, same uh, things, little different shape, little different. You know, we see a circus, you know, skating circus, you know, this thing, see that. Tickle the eyes, see some fireworks. Problem called fireworks, tickling the eyes. Yesterday was the Malaysian Games inauguration and some fireworks. I snuck a look at the to look at the news. So many fireworks. Some of them. Okay, by way. These things uh, give some kind of pleasure. We don't show, show fireworks to Krishna and Rathyantras in South India, Manamaraja, Chennai Rathyantra. For the service to Krishna. You can see also sometimes in my where we bring them. Uh, <coughs> these things that, you know, whatever, all the different kind of happinesses there are in material life, to some significance. And that jewel of spiritual happiness, thinking <coughs> and feeling that which it 
somebody started handing out million dollar checks, you get a lot of people wanting to take a, you know, from him. In Bangkok, a couple of years ago, I was passing through and they're giving out rice at some wat, at some monastery. And uh, everyone who came got a packet of rice and a doni or something that was sarong or something. And there was 5,000 people waiting at the gate. When they opened the gate, there was a big stampede. People running in to get a little packet of four kilos of rice or something, two kilos, five kilos of rice. So many, some people rushed in such a way in front, some people tripped and fell over, everybody ran over them. Eleven people or seven people were killed for a little rice. Imagine if people were giving out a million dollar check, whoever wants it. What is a million dollars compared to what Lord Chaitanya is giving? If people knew the value of what Lord Chaitanya is giving, there'd be a huge stampede. All the religions say we should love God, but how to actually get love of God is one of not an easy thing. Even we follow the Bhagavatam step by step by step, into, into, you know, you have to go through a few steps here, or this is now getting the Board of ignorance and passion out from my heart, getting happiness, then we go to the next step, next step, eventually we really, really get uh, love of Krishna after many, many steps. And Lord Chaitanya is giving it freely. Bhakti we get so quickly, don't even have to hear a thousand Bhagavatam classes, even in a few days someone's really because of Lord Chaitanya's mercy. We should appreciate how merciful the Lord is in trying to get His mercy. But Maya is there. Padisha Amrita say how they're the spoilers. Bhakta, Dinashati, Pranashati. Those things that kill Bhakti, we'll be discussing later today. Maya's trying to take this jewel away from us. Easy come, easy go, right? You get somebody gets you a diamond worth of fifty million dollars, or what's this? Oh, that's a piece of glass to give you a hundred dollars for it. Oh, really? Hundred bucks? Okay. It was real. You just gave fifty million dollars for hundred dollars. It's that kind of a thing. We get the most valuable jewel, and then uh, Maya sees that if, she, if that person stays with the jewel, he's out, she's out, not going to be in the material world anymore. Come on, quick, quick, she steps it up. Come on, I'll give you some, you know, 100 bucks, I'll give you 150, what do you want? I'll give you a nice, uh, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, come on, I'll give you something, what do you want, a better job, you know? <laughs> if you don't give it up, I'm going to give you trouble. She tries all the tricks she can. But she can't take it away from you. Have to, you have to be tricked to give it to her. You have to give it to her. So we should be, that's why we're in all the training. And so don't get tricked. 
Don't give away your bhakti. Don't, you know, have it uh, just taken away from you. Be given away or leave it carelessly out. Someone takes it. You have to either give it away or you have to just kind of leave it uh, neglected and then uh, walk away and someone picks it up. As long as you guard it, Krishna will help you protect it. Nobody can take your Krishna bhakti from you. If you just cling on the lotus feet of Krishna. That's why Srila Prabhupada said, we should cling on the lotus feet of Gordon Tide. Hanging. Don't let go. Somehow, Prabhupada used the system of Bhagavatam chanting and it works. People start feeling happy. Once they get the nectar, but Lord Chaitanya makes it work much faster than even normal. Some people even minutes. Maybe somebody was a devotee in a previous life and they see a picture of Krishna, they may start to cry. They may feel like some people, they might not have been uh, devotees in the past, so it takes them a more longer time before they feel the spiritual bliss. But if they stick with it by Lord Chaitanya's mercy, by mercy of the process of Bhagavatam, that works. So we should try to get the spiritual happiness. It's not that we Make a good effort at it. If you haven't really tried, some people chanting one round for a long time and say, well, I don't taste this ecstasy. And that's why we're trying to encourage them to put a little more effort into it, chant more rounds, chant better rounds, you need to back town, be absorbed. And the empathy is a question of absorption getting immersed in Krishna consciousness. It's a Bhagavad Gita yoga process. And the yogis are meditating and they go into samadhi after many, many lifetimes or many, many, many years. Then they get into that spiritual bliss. We don't have to learn all those procedures of yoga, but we need to get absorbed. We can get absorbed through a kirtan. That's so even a, a dancing in kirtan or absorbed through ch chanting very clearly and hearing, absorbed by serving, cutting the sabjis for the, if, we, if we're thinking this is for Krishna, I'm offering it to you, cutting these sabjis, don't cut your finger, please be careful. Then you can also be absorbed. The, the gopis in Vrindavan, they were churning the butter for Krishna, that's how they absorbed, thinking about this butter is for Krishna, should we eat the butter? Gopala Krishna, Gopala Krishna, churning butter. So that, we have to be absorbed in the service. So we need especially programs to get our children and our youth absorbed. So somehow, before, sooner than later, they can taste the spiritual bliss. Once they taste the bliss, then they'll be irrevocably fixed in devotional service. And by the age of 14, they haven't tasted the bliss. They get in the teenage years, it's going to be tough. Bigger fight, the senses are more wild. Still, game's not over. 
For a lot, he found ecstasy in age of five. From his birth, he was feeling it. Constantly feeling it. It's not an age thing. You don't have to be a particular age to feel it. You can be a hundred or you can be five. It's a question of who can absorb their mentality. So it can be done gradually by regularly hearing the Bhagavatam, hearing, chanting, attending, serving the devotees. Step by step, gradually can happen. Or someone can decide, I want to jump into the water. Sometimes you put your toe in the water, it feels cold, and you go in and get used to it, it's nice. You want to get into the water up to our neck, even dip in all the way. Totally immersed into Krishna consciousness, then you can feel. It used to be that we'd say you had to join the temple because everyone knew that if you joined the temple, you'd be fully immersed in devotional service because the temple commanders would keep you working from day to night, morning to night. And the Sankirtan leader and the head pujari and the temple president, so they don't give you any time. You have to be busy all the day. And it was thought that people living in the congregation, since they don't have that level of immersion, Therefore, they're not going to taste the same ecstasy and they're not going to be uh, fixed up. But what we're trying to do is to train the congregation also. That they can also experience the same spiritual bliss, but that means that they have to push themselves. They have to engage themselves in devotional service. Some devotees are so fired up, they're preaching in Namhata, preaching in Bhakti Riksha, they're preaching in, uh, in every spare moment that they have. That the, even though they're in the congregation, they don't have so many spare moments, but between the work and the family and the preaching, they have a full package. They're doing everything for Krishna, that they're feeling also the same spiritual happiness. You see them, you can see them walking around smiling, you can see them with blissful faces. So it's not a thing that you have to be in a temple to feel this ecstasy. Temple is a good facility because there's so many, it's like being in the army military, it's very regulated. So, But if someone really wants to, they can space out in a temple also. It's not that, it's not possible. But some good facilities are there. But you can also have the same thing, it just means that if someone has to create that environment. I get up in the morning, offer a little incense to my deity, Take my showers and my gayatri, or chant my rounds, say a little puja for the deity, kiss my children in the cheek, you know, say hello to the wife, whatever you do. Start off the day a little bit better, everybody chant together. Take a little prasad, sit in the bus, someone asks me today, can we chant japa in the bus while we're going to work? I hope so. What else are you going to do in the bus? Sing cinema song. Sure, we should chant japa. Otherwise, you know, <laughs> I try to tell that to the students, chant japa in the school bus. I said, no, what my friends think? They think I'm weird, I'm not cool. <laughs> you should make it, uh, there's a story in American folklore of Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer. Parents of Tom Sawyer told him he had to paint the, 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 the fence. And then, uh, so he made a plan, you know, he started 
painting the fence and he was smiling and oh, singing. Wow, this is so much fun. All the friends came around. Hey, what are you doing? I'm having fun. I'm painting the fence, really. We're going to go play. No, I didn't play. But I'm having fun. I'm playing the fence. Oh, this is great. Then they all got what? Maybe it's fun too. Huh? Can we also do it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, pretty soon they had all his friends are painting the fence. Actually, he didn't think it was fun in the beginning. He just figured this way he could get everybody, trick everybody to help paint the fence. But they, all, they all came. Here, we're not tricking anybody. Chanting by Krishna is fun. It is blissful. And if you can show consistently you're happier than the other people, then even the students will think, hey, this person really has something. Everything's possible and we can actually, Krishna consciousness is a realized process. And to realize it is for experiencing. It's like people say, well, look at, you know, I want to enjoy life now. When I die, I'll worry about it. Because they think that this is all for getting payment at the end of life. So they're worrying about enjoying now. But no, Lord Chaitanya made Krishna consciousness you enjoy it now, you experience it now. You are actually feeling the transcendental happiness today. Tomorrow, just in a very short time, you can feel it. You don't have to wait till you die to go to heaven and things like that. No, you feel experience of that transcendental bliss in this lifetime. All these verses are telling us that you are fixed in happiness. This is before you die. This is why you're living, while you're still here in this body. You're experiencing all this happiness. It's not something that you only experience, you know, like a post-dated check. I do everything faithfully at the end of life. When I die, I hope I get what was promised. Right? That's what most religions are. Everything is payday at the end. But we're showing that no, devotional service is so transcendental, it's directly not different from Krishna. We are spirit, Krishna is spirit. When we serve Krishna, we're feeling the spiritual happiness now. In spite of having a material body, the bodily things are going on, but the happiness is coming from the soul. So we want the people to realize this. To realize it, they have to get into it. They just put their toe in the water and then it's a little bit cold, I don't know. If I have to stop smoking eventually, I don't know if I like it. All these kind of mental things are holding us back. We have to dive in, try it out, get absorbed. If somebody fully gets absorbed in Krishna it doesn't take years and yugas to start to experience some spiritual uh, changes in the consciousness. But it depends how much we can absorb. Prabhupada said that we could, in one moment, if we really surrender to Krishna, we really cried to Krishna with our whole being, like a little baby cries for the mother when the baby is totally freaked out, just, ah. If we could just like really cry for him, pick us up in one second. Just like the mother runs and picks up the baby. But we're kind of half-hearted in that English. <laughs> and we're not like fully putting us. I saw this one drama in Russia. And then Narada Muni uh, gave a blessing. And then he said, okay, you can go back. To, and then Krishna kept coming and saying, I'm ready to take you back to God. And he said, well, I'm not ready yet. I, I want to get married first. This 
This Rishi kept putting it off. I gotta pay my debts first. I gotta do that. I gotta let my daughter marry. Something was always coming up. Wasn't ready to go back to God. So we have so many things and these attachments. So how do we get rid of these attachments? And here, all of these kind of subtle attachments to more ignorance and passion which are binding us in the material world, they automatically get cleaned up just by performing this devotional service. You don't have to worry about all these things. You just chant Hare Krishna, you do the best you can, you try to avoid all the offenses and sinful activities. Chant Hare Krishna, do your duty as a, whatever your ashram is. And then the very grossest kind of attachments which could bind you in the material world, those Roots which are tying you down are very suddenly purified. So that your relationships are on a higher level. You're going to go back to Godhead, your wife's going to go back to Godhead, your children, whatever they go back to Godhead. Why just leave somebody behind? Fourteen generations can go back. Don't have to worry. And you won't go back. So we hope that the Lord is uh, see that how this is a very mystical process, a very practical process. Get absorbed in it. Those who don't live in a temple, you have to create that environment where you get fully absorbed. You have to go sometimes, you know, there's too many times somebody can say, I'm doing all the service, why nobody else is doing the service? President always said, you know, that's the kind of mentality, this other mentality that can I have more service? Going and asking, is there any service for me? What, how can I help? We're not competing, you know, like that. that who can do less service and get away with it? The point is, who can be more absorbed? What's your capacity? Someone else may have a limited capacity. You may have a greater capacity. Work up to your capacity. Make your schedule. See how you can... Be fully absorbed in Krishna consciousness the whole day. How many time, how many minutes a day you're spacing out? Everything you do should be something you're connected to Krishna. In this way, if you're fully absorbed throughout the day, it's like there was one lady, she saw in three hours in the middle of the day, I clean the house, the kids are in school, husband's in the work. I don't have anything to do, let me go out and preach. To go to door to door in the condominiums and find ladies uh, to preach to. And this way she set up something like uh, a dozen uh, bhakti riksha groups in different condominiums. <coughs> in the middle of the day. So they have to end the class here, it's time for breakfast. So it's up to you, you see. Dear Grihasta means more responsible. You have to make it. Nobody, there's no temple commander looking over your shoulder. What you do, how absorbed you are, how happy you are in Krishna conscious is going to inspire your children whether they want to follow your example. To a large degree. Of course, children have a lot of influence from their friends. So that's what I was talking. I forgot to mention to the annual delegates conference that. The Bhakti, this uh, Pandava Sena that we have in, the, in KL, somehow this program needs to be expanded throughout the whole of 
uh, Malaysia be really well organized, like they have in England. So many children, the youths in England are part of the SENA program that it uh, has saved many of them from just going astray. Because they have devotee friends that they're associating with, playing with, chanting Hare Krishna with, and doing different programs with. Distributing prasada at orphanages and old folks' homes. Different programs that do together that just keep them busy in some constructive Krishna conscious way. We have lots of fun and taste a lot of Krishna conscious nectar. The kind of program, we need a program for all the different levels of our community so that everybody can get this taste of Krishna consciousness as early as possible. It's there for the heavens. Lord Chaitanya wants to give it to us. If we don't help people facilitate for people, young and old, to taste it, then uh, you know, we will be a disservice for them. So we hope that during this festival everyone's getting fully absorbed. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. If you have any questions today in the afternoon, there'll be question and answer period. I think there's no time now. Thank you very much. Thank you for watching our videos. Be sure to subscribe to our channel. We publish new videos every day. And don't forget to like and share our channel.